Hello and welcome to a new episode of Unbelievable Diplomacy Podcast. Happy New Year to everybody out there. It's now 2016 and I know as the trend is going, you guys are going to be buying more and more stuff on Amazon.com and hopefully not wasting gas driving out to brick and mortar stores and shopping around. It's just a antiquated way of purchasing things these days. So if you want to support the podcast, and do your normal shopping on Amazon.com. You can go to my website, funboatdiplomacy.com. On the right-hand side of any of my pages, you'll find my Amazon portal link. Just click, click on the link and shop on Amazon as you normally would, and Amazon will share a small cut with me to keep everything up and running into the new year, 2016, and beyond. Uh, as you, most of you know, I work at the Pacific Trade Winds Hostel, nice little hostel and the financial district of San Francisco, and if you would like to come for a visit of the city or a conference or business or just to visit yours truly, uh, you can get $3 off your reservation at Pacific Trade Winds Hostel with the promo code WeimansFriend3, that's W-E-I-M-I-N-S Friend, F-R-I-E-N-D-3, trouble spelling things out sometimes. But I made it. That's, again, Wayman's friend, three. Um, you get $3 off your reservation if you book on sanfranciscohostel.com, which is the website for Pacific Tradewinds Hostel here in San Francisco, California. Uh, it's a nice little place, great atmosphere, What something we pride ourselves on, very intimate hostel, uh, as opposed to a lot of big hostels out there that can accommodate up to 100 more than 100 people, uh, we get up to, I think, around 30. We hover around 30 people, 25 to 30 people at a time. Uh, yeah, and we'll also be having uh, slightly lower prices as we go into January. So take advantage of that. Come to the great city of San Francisco and chill out with me. Yeah, uh, without any further plugs, I'm going to get right onto it uh, with this week's episode with Guard Ovenbach. Hello everyone, welcome to a new episode of Fun Book Diplomacy Podcast. I'm here today with Guard Ovenbach from Norway. Welcome, Guard. Thank you, thank you. You want to introduce yourself just a little bit to the, the podcast audience? Well, like you said, my name is Guard, like in a Coast Guard. It's, it's not that difficult, really. <laughs> Spelled the same way without the U. And like you said, Norway. Um, been traveling for a month. I'm planning on traveling 11 more or so. We'll see. Well, what are some harder Norwegian names? Hmm. I guess the longer ones are more complicated, I suppose. I, I had a I had a friend in high no high school in college. His name was Hokon. Is that correct? It's like H A. The the like this. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. How do you say that? Hokon. Hokon. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my friend uh, joined me for the first week or two uh-huh. on this trip, and uh, his name is also Hokon. Mm-hmm. Common name. <laughs> Definitely not uncommon. Mm. 
but it's a very traditional name. And what's your whole plan for your travel? Where were you before? Where do you want to go? Uh, there's no whole plan. There's an idea of a semi-structured plan. Um, go see a couple of states around here. Only been in um, California so far. Lovely summer weather. Bit more chilly up here, but... Were you already south? Yeah, we were in LA and we were way down by the... Oh, rode you, a horse down you, on the Mexican border. And you said you also went to Vegas, right? It was a week in Vegas. And you didn't like it? It's so fake. And it's just one road. And if you don't kind of buy into Hollywood, you're just kind of on Hollywood. Like That's LA. Yeah, um, I, I get, I get this. Yeah, I get the term. But it's the same sort of. Yeah, it, but it's it's so obviously fake. You mm -hmm. know, it's wild forest, treasure islands, jungles in the middle of the strip. And just... I had a I had a guest though uh, from uh, Italy, and she said that uh, she quite enjoyed the Italian the imitation Italy little village. Uh, and she said she felt like she was at home. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if she was under the influence of something. It's very, very likely she was under the influence of, of lots of things, like in a Hunter S. Thompson way. But, <laughs> but she felt. She said she felt like at home. Was there like a Norwegian equivalent? I don't think that Americans would go deep enough into their imitations that they would make an imitation Norway. No, <laughs> too small. Maybe the oil or something. A painting in the background. Well, what would an imitation Norway look like? From a, what do you think Americans would make, in, in Vegas to make an imitation Norway, fjords? Yeah, <laughs> I, can't, I imagine kind of a, a glass floor mm -hmm. with water, and then painted and modeled kind of to scale, so you get the fjord feeling, or the mountain just straight out of the ocean. Vikings. <laughs> The Vikings probably, and the plunder, and the, yeah, yeah, I can see it, I can see it, the furs, the gold, the fireplace, the mead, yeah, it's growing on me. So that's not how Norway is. No. You have the beard for it, though. Yes. I'm just glad I'm not being called CC Top anymore. <laughs> Did you used to? Yeah. In, in America, or no, in um, in um, LA. In LA, yeah. It was what three times a day. <laughs> yeah, okay. I heard it. I'm impressed. <laughs> and how did that choice come about? Well, I hate shaving mm -hmm. and being clean shaven, but uh, I also hate having a long beard. <laughs> so you can't win. <laughs> <laughs> Just. Stick with the devil, you know, you know, it's... Well, that's not convenient. It's... No, but it's, I mean, it's, long hair has its inconveniences as well, and it's basically the same thing. But, um, I guess it's quite unusual to have this kind of weird, there are some. Well, of course, there are some, some people, and I mean, I, there was a, ah, what was he, he was a fighter or something? And he got his nose cut off, and his like his uh, 
his face dyed red, so he looked like the Red Skull. From, I, I've uh, heard of it. I heard of Avengers. Him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tattooing and everything and all sorts of various yeah. body mods. I'm not saying that you're as extreme, but no. there's all kinds of people. <laughs> I do have some tattoos, but, you know, it's nothing like that. Mm-hmm. And so what were you doing in Norway before? Well, <clears throat> I, I had this crazy idea of um, homesteading. Mm-hmm. You want to explain to what, what that is? Uh, um, homesteading is an American and Canadian culture or idea where the government gives you land for you and your family to live and prosper on, um, which is quite unique in the world stage. But um, I've had to re-sort of modify that idea several times, but into something I thought I could do. And so I was studying all sorts of different things that I deemed relevant to that goal and had an awesome time. on your own or in your Yeah, school? well, it, it's, yeah, in schools one year and then do this and move on to something else. Uh, spent a year working with a Norwegian hunting, hunting and fishing association, which is a big political it's not a company, but you, you could call it a company, you know, and then... Is it like a sort of under the government that's administered? No, it's it's not administered by the government. It's um, you know, a civil project, you know, okay, yeah. interest group, you yeah. know, for okay. people who like to hunt and fish and that sort of stuff, so... And what's the condition on gun laws in Norway? Well, <clears throat> it's uh, quite different. You need to apply to the police to be able to have a permit and um, there's no automatic permits illegal uh, there are some uh, rifles for hunting various things and shotguns there are even some for guns but those are only for um, uh, shooting clubs and like you know shooting ranch range yeah that's basically it outside of the army mm-hmm. and so did you did you go and learn how to shoot and things like that? yeah yeah <clears throat> I went to um, first I did um, a course on how to build homes mm-hmm. you know the cross stick logs cabin style I did that for uh, two months or something and then I went up north and went to uh, hunting and fishing Camping outdoors, navigating in the winter, you know, making a campfire in the snow, that kind of education. And then I did that um, with the Norwegian Hunting and Fishing Associations. And then uh, last year, I um, I went to sort of back to uh, middle school or something, I guess it's called. I'm not, I'm not sure about the translations, but... You have three bulks of different schools, and then uh, it's the middle. And to get some basic uh, agricultural knowledge, how to farm potatoes, apples, trees, woods, animals, cows. Cool. And did you get to use any of this? Have you got to use any of these skills yet in the in the U.S. or Canada? No, no, not at all. Nothing. So here you're just scoping out. 
what could possibly be. I'm actually thinking of not going to Canada, which is kind of a big blow to me, yeah. because Canada has been blown up into mythical proportions after reading so many books about Norwegians going to Canada and trapping and making a living out in the woods. But um, we couldn't. I mean, uh, since I traveled to, to travel for for so long, I couldn't uh, afford to bring winter and summer related things. So I had to go kind of the middle way. Mm-hmm. But uh, to be honest, I've I've had enough of the cold and the winter and the dark for I don't know for some time at least. Yeah, yeah it's, it's hard. It's but it's. Amazing, you know. It's so, do you think you would do the homesteading for the summers and then go somewhere for the winters or something? Like that? The plan would be to um, start in the in the spring, early spring, while there's still snow, and get uh, to the cabin and sort of scout the area. Start maybe cutting the logs and stuff, and getting a head start on that. And then, as summer progresses, make a cabin meant only to last that one year, though. Usually you would want the logs to dry for a summer uh, or a year, preferably, so that the next year they won't twist and bend and turn as much as they do when they dry. So, um, so in the spring you have them dry and you make the house and the, or the cabin and then yeah, hope that it doesn't warp. Yeah, yeah, and, and basically just hope it doesn't go too bad. Okay. But uh, like I said, it. it <clears throat> I feel I would be cheating myself if I only did the summer. That's mm. the easy part, you know? Easy mode. Yeah. Yeah, comparatively, you know? Yeah. Once there's snow to the windows, things become a lot more challenging. Mm-hmm. And the, the food management is kind of the most challenging thing because you have to be able to store it and you have to be able to keep it safe from... The natural wildlife. Bears are pretty impressive creatures. Very smart. If they very smart, very strong. You know the the A4 size paper. Mm-hmm. If a bear can fit its head through that, it'll come. It can come through the uh, that space. Wow. Yeah. And they're terrifying. And they're super strong. Yeah. They have this long claws. You know. They can... Yeah. I was just out when I was in Muir Woods yesterday. Uh, there's like this loud sound and I was just joking I hope it's not a bear and uh people were like oh what are you talking about like whatever and I was like bears are so dangerous they can run faster than you they can swim they can climb trees uh and they can just like smack you and you're dead (laughs) yeah Uh, a bear can run 50 kilometers an hour god (laughs) 40 miles an hour or something and around there and like you said, one smack of the paw, you're, you're dead. Yeah, you know, not, not necessarily dead, but you could. There, there's nothing you can do to... <laughs> Once you stop moving, then it's got you. Well, <clears throat> here's the scary part. There, You have two kinds of bears. Black bears and grizzlies, which uh, behave differently. So the one bear will be scared of you and have its sort of natural way, while the other will be intrigued. Um, That's the grizzly. Well, the grizzly is uh, like the big uh, bully, you could say. It's, it's the top of the food chain, and it knows it. You know, there's nothing out there. But um, 
the, the most um, they, they are the most dangerous in the spring. You know, um, they they protect their young. They're very protective, kind of steer out of troubles way. You know, uh, black bears are smaller, more curious, uh, more agile climbers, uh, and they will. Uh, if you pretend being dead, uh, this is what I've heard. Uh, we don't have black bears in Norway, so... Do you have grizzlies? Yeah, well, not grizzlies as you have them. We have uh, the Russian brown bear as well. Oh, okay. it, it's somewhat smaller than the grizzly. It's somewhat milder-tempered. Um, yeah, the bears act and behave differently, so... Have you encountered any in the wild? Sadly, I haven't. It's uh, it's kind of funny. The first place I went to school, uh, north of the Arctic Circle in Finnmark. Um, one of the first day in school, I saw a um, paw print. In the we had this handicapped uh, gravel path that you could take. You know, there was a skiing place there in the winter and stuff. But uh, I saw a paw print there. That was kind of big. And then there are these stories of the people coming to that tiny, tiny little valley, uh, seeing a bear crossing the the road, and then people have lived there fifty years, never seen a bear. Strange creature, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the Native Americans used to the bears in their idea world have a strong connection to the humans. Uh, Disney even made a movie about it, Brother Bear. What was that about? I've never seen it. <laughs> uh, if I remember correctly, somebody gets transformed. My phone. I'm sorry about this. It's all good. That's why we have post-production. Oh. I think I need to take this. No, I think it's fine. Hello? Yo. It's automated. <laughs> what? Yeah, you don't need to take that. What? Never had an automated phone call. Yeah, welcome to America. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a strange place. It is a very strange place. <laughs> so in Brother Bear, somebody gets transformed into a bear. Yeah, and they have to sort of reconnect as human bears. Because <clears throat> bears are, amongst other things, soul walkers. Not, not the soul... But the foot sole and the hand sole, the, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they use the heel yeah. while walking, right? Mm-hmm. The same way we do. Mm-hmm. Um, most other animals walk on their toes. Mm. Like uh, all the reindeers and stuff, they walk on their nails, like on the tip of their toes. Right. But bears use the whole paw. and uh, it, I don't know. They, I guess they have a much stronger relation to the, the animal than I do, but... Um, I can't imagine why they have. They can manipulate objects and I don't know, easily see the connection. And have you gone hunting uh, in Norway? Yeah. Yeah. So what did you did you get anything? Yeah, I was <clears throat> being on um, ptarmigan is a pretty uh, national hunting hobby, more or less, mm-hmm. in Norway. From rich to poor, it's it's been always there, and then there are um, various uh, turkey-like birds. That Wait, what was the first one? Ptarmigan. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what that is. It's a 
kind of like a chicken, okay. a small chicken. It doesn't it's, fly. Yeah, it, it flies oh, it and it changes its feathers to white in the winter and back to brown in the summer. Mm-hmm. Huge flocks, but they're usually just up in the mountains and in the boreal forests and stuff. And then the, the turkey, I can't recall the name of it in English, I'm sorry, but it's kind of like a big turkey. It's a forest bird, which is kind of kind of big in hunting circles. And then there's the famous moose. That's uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's not as big as the as they get come over here. Yeah, right. right. Um, but they're we say they're the king of the forests. They're just massive. Um. And then, of course, there's a lot of seals. Seals are, have been hunted in Norway for thousands of years. And uh, there's this, um, you know, uh, salmon fishing is pretty big. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a lot of traditional roots, and people have been doing it for so and so many years and traditionals. And it's, it's become important to the, the cultural hub mind, you know. But uh, seals are uh, quite amazing creatures. So they swim up the river and pick out the salmon and leave the other fish in the nets and just gorge themselves on salmon because it's the best. They know. Yeah, they know. And they <laughs> see and they smell and they just pick them out of the nets. And uh, they can do devastational impacts on local populations and stuff. So, so managing how much fish should be in the river and where should we, you know, produce, what do you call it, salmon, you produce in uh, these big... Kind where of, to kind of harvest them. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where to decide where we're going to take the natural salmon. Yeah. It's, um, we have an obligation to do that right, you know? Yeah. Um, so is it kind of like here in the, in the U.S. where they have the salmon coming upstream and the bears coming snatch them you have you have seals well we have bears of bears course also do it. yeah yeah bears do that <clears throat> but actually the, i don't think they they there's like there's videos of them just snatching them out of the river but usually they just wait until they die on the side right yeah well <clears throat> um there are several different types of salmon as well mm-hmm. um i think it's the uh pacific salmon or one of your kinds of salmon uh um die right after, right after they spawn mm-hmm. uh, but not all uh, salmon uh, species do that so uh, some that will of course affect how the bears will behave you know if the fish just go up and die there's not need for but the the carrion birds like the eagles and the crows and a lot of other animals are very dependent on that kind of um, balance, you know, that uh, things... I don't know if you have them, but uh, the um, lemmings, it's a kind of small mice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the whole idea is that they, they, they follow each other off a cliff. <laughs> yeah, 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 which is bullshit. Yeah, it just, totally. It's, I don't know where that came from. <clears throat> uh, it's... Uh, they can interbreeding and uh, incestuous behavior 
doesn't affect their, them genetically in remotely the same way as it would have done with us. And the fact that they can have three, four offspring even batches per season allows for extreme populational growth. So if there's enough food, it is pouring out of the ground. And so that provides uh, sort of safe zones that uh, all of the other life is dependent on when all the predators from the bears to the wolves and everything, you know, can eat lemmings instead. They get a, a year off mm-hmm. to rebuild after the pressure of three years with a harsh predatorial, predatorial hunting, you know, so... It's a vast, vast field to sort of start and get into. And what kind of challenges are there now in Norway? And also after that, uh, in this part of the U.S., with in terms of conservation and keeping the ecosystem stable, as you said? It's uh, a greater challenge than we're capable of, I think. It's... it's I feel that we have a moral obligation to not fuck this planet over. Don't fuck with the trees because we need them. <laughs> Even if they don't produce money or Wi-Fi, you know. Yeah, I think there's. I don't know who said it. It was the the quote was like if a maybe it was on some like little Facebook little image thing. It's like if, if they made trees produce Wi-Fi, we would stop cutting them down. <laughs> yes, exactly. I've seen that mm-hmm. picture joke myself. No, but, but it's vastly complicated, you know. And um, without getting into the whole GMO thing, that is an issue as well. As well as, um, uh, you know, species from other places coming in. Yeah, invasive species. Invasive species, yes. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's a big, big thing. Norway has invasive species. We have some. Uh, we have some, of course. Um, but I, I'm not sure what the name is in English. But it's almost like a raccoon. Okay. It's kind of a more square, <laughs> ugly little dog, cat, rat thing. And it's is it uh, related to rodent kind of? Or? No, I think it's it's related closely to the raccoon. Okay, it's it's a kind of opportunist omnivore. Mm-hmm. Um, well, most of these animals are quite smart, you know. Then they have hands. They're agile. You've they have super trippy, but they have raccoons have hands. Look kind of like ours. They look they, exactly like ours. They wash yep. their hands in water before eating sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. So, <clears throat> they, they are carriers of rabies, which we don't naturally have, but Russia has it, and they were introduced to Russia as um, a resource for uh, fur trappers back in the early 1900s. Um, and they sometimes wander over. Sweden has some... but and. Um, Wild boars are coming back to Norway. We haven't had that for several hundred years. Uh, but they are a natural part of the environment, or was a natural part of the environment. It has been for several hundred years. 
but uh, through Sweden, they're coming in wild boars, and they uh, powerful creatures in the how much they can affect what lives and grows around them. Digging up the ground, eating the sort of roots, they eat meat as well. They'll eat eggs. They'll eat what they basically whatever they can find. Whatever's on the ground that they can find. Whatever they can find. And they get a lot of uh, offspring as well. And naturally you would have uh, wolves and bears to naturally conquer this. But uh, we don't have a lot of bears and wolves in the southern parts of Norway. Um, there are some bears up in the north. And of course there are some bears here and there. But uh, small populations. But then again Norway is a tiny, tiny country. It's, it's smaller than the state of California. Take a look. Yeah, you think? Yeah. It's very skinny. It's very skinny. What's the... How did... Why is it divided like that? Between Sweden and Norway? Um, well... Uh, the, the borders... Weren't ever drawn properly. They're like... Well, it's up in there somebody, but no one lives there. And the ones who live there, we don't give a fuck about. <laughs> like... The, uh, All the, the way up north, you mean? Yeah. The yeah. indigenous people that live there, which is... Nobody give a fuck about that. Who, who are those indigenous people? We uh, the Sami people. They're sort of uh, well, they're indigenous to to the North Scandinavian Russian climate. Who are they related to? Themselves. <laughs> it, it's like um, it's, well, it's. It's very. There are several um, groups of Sami people, as far as I've understood it, and and some lived by the coast, some lived with their reindeers and traveled around, some lived further south, and basically they got fucked with uh, Christianity and alcohol. <laughs> that sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's happened uh, everywhere. There are indigenous peoples. Uh, they get they get fucked over every time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> every time. And so, if they're not related to the Swedes and Norwegians, then no, they are. Well, yes, of course. That, that, that was what I was. Like, yes, uh, of course. They, but they're uh, also Swedes and Norwegians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, but uh, it's not indigenous in the sense of um, like Native Americans. Or... Well, yes, kind of. The, the, there have been interbreeding, and people have been getting married and stuff, but. Uh, they've been kind of given the cold shoulder for several hundred years. Yet they're still uh, ethnically Swedish and Norwegian? Or? No, they're ethnically Sami. So this is... Com- yeah, it's it's or- like a country that's not on the map. Okay. That's very strange. I never yeah. knew that. Yeah. They used to live there, and now they live in Norway, Sweden, and Finland. And in Russia. But all the way in the north. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there are some. Most Sami people in Norway live in Oslo. Like in the way down south in the capital. Uh-huh. That's where most of, most of them live. I'm very confused. Where, where are these people from if they're not like entirely related, but they're separate? Yeah. <laughs> well, they've uh, lived way up there for. This is the, there's this big debate there that who came first. Like the indigenous Norwegians or Swedish or Finnish, mm-hmm. 
or them. And evidence keeps tilting back and forth according to which grave or which uh, village or which tools we find. Uh, and So it just goes too far back to really know what's going on. Yeah, okay. it, I mean, there's people have been all over the world for too forever. Much, too yeah. much snow to dig through. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> it melts in the summer most of it. <laughs> no, but they, they've been living there for quite a long time, you know. So, so it's they have a deep historic and uh, cultural roots mm-hmm. to the same places that a lot of indigenous Norwegians and Swedes and Finns have as well. And it's called Finnmark, which means like Finland, basically. And that's another country because Finland had a lot of, when their um, farm and their crops failed, they would go north to the coast because things were more fertile there. So the whole place, you know, the, the, I'll show you. Everything north is Finnmark, mm-hmm. and it's tiny. There's there's so small places there. There's hardly people up there. It's it's like a big joke being part of Norway when you live up there because nobody gives a fuck. There's nothing on the news, even if people get murdered up there. It's not on the national news because it's so far away and it's not even a part of. It's it's the same kind of um, way you have to think about how Chile is. It's just this long, skinny thing. And so you have to imagine that in the north of Chile, in the south of Chile, so other people just don't really know. It's just so far. It's just such a strange idea of a country being, like, wrapping up north like that. Norway has uh, more coasts than uh, Canada. Or not more, but I think Canada, Russia, Greenland, Australia... Are the only countries in the world that has a bigger coast than Norway. Mm. So it's Canada, it's Russia, Greenland, and I'm not sure if Australia is after Norway or above Norway on the list. But uh, if you see, on the, the, those are pretty huge maps or continents and you know the vast areas, but because there's so much coastline in Norway. And so obviously that's important. It makes a lot of a lot of fishing, I imagine. Yeah, fish is uh, yeah. fish is a big thing in Norway. What's what's what are some fish? What kind of fish other than salmon? You already mentioned that. Well, um, the cod. The cod is a big thing. When um, because well, yeah, when I was living in Portugal, um, their their national ingredient uh, is is uh, is cod and. But they don't produce any cod themselves. They buy it all from Norway. Yeah. Fishing has been um, huge in Norway. Like, basically since forever, up until the 1980s-ish. Are they part of the the EU agreements on fishing? No, no. Um, Norway is not a part of the EU, but it's part of Schengen. And it's a sort of travel agreements, but there are a lot of rules that Norway has to follow that uh, has been dictated by the EU, so yeah, that we can sell yeah. our goods in EU, but we're not a part of it, and 
So they follow the restrictions of the European Union. Yeah, except we're not a part of EU, so we get yeah. all the bad things from EU and none of the good things. It's What's the opinion on... Yeah, if, if they're not part of it, it seems... Everybody's glad we're not a part of it. Good. Yeah. yeah, nobody wants to be a part of that. Well, some obviously do, but, you know, it's nobody. Yeah. Um, it's unpopular, the, the idea of no yeah. being in the EU. Yeah. No, EU is so fucked... We don't want to touch that, you know. That's why I I, I did a I, I researched a little bit when I was in college, uh, Iceland, and how uh, they 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 completely disregard fishing um, uh, agreements uh, with the EU. Uh, there was confrontations between uh, Iceland and Scottish um, fishermen over these the fishing rights, fishing zone rights, and uh, they're like, well, one, we've just been doing this forever. So we're gonna do it, and two, you can't threaten us with anything because we don't give a fuck about being part of the EU. <laughs> so that's just the end of it. They they just continue fishing the way they do, and that's how it is. Yeah, yeah. No, Iceland was uh, first. It was populated by um, monks mm-hmm. uh, from the British Isles, and then the Viking, the um, outcasted Vikings, like. Lawless Vikings that fuck we can't have these criminals here. Just send them to Iceland. They're kind of like Australia, yeah, Scandinavia. They're like Norway's <laughs> answer to Australia. So we sent all the Vikings there, and then the the monks who lived there, well, they had to, <laughs> had to move back. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, their language is uh, changed, but not that much of what Norwegian used to be like. Because later we would be under the Danish kingdoms, and then the Danish would give us to the Swedes. So <clears throat> our written language has a lot of uh, similarities with Denmark, uh, a lot of linguistic, uh, verbal uh, equalities with uh, Swedish. So we can understand Swedes better than Danish, but we can understand both Swedes and Danish, then the Danes and the Swedes understand each other. So it's this whole kind of brotherly hatred relationships that goes on between family little places. What do you know? What the background is for the difference between the Swedes and the Danes? Like how far that goes back? Uh, Denmark was the first country in the world to actually have a flag of their own, mm-hmm. and I think that was was it as the eleventh century, maybe. Uh, and then quickly other nations followed. But, uh, I mean, the whole Scandinavian area used, the Vikings used to live there, and that used to be, like, the most powerful farmer. He would be one day powerful enough to make an army, like, of other farms. And But meanwhile, they spoke the same language as those other guys over there. Yeah, but at, at this time... Uh, this is we say the the Viking Age starts in the year eighteen hundreds, eight hundreds, eight hundreds, eight hundreds, and at that time it was basically just a lot of small uh, village groups. Yeah, and they each would have the one among them who was the most powerful, and he would be king. And then later, these kingdoms grew, and some became bigger, and. Uh, and there has always been fighting between Norway and the other countries, and there's 
I mean, too many years of being neighbors, you know, <laughs> just stuck together. It was uh, it was a battle, the Battle of Stamford Bridge in 1066 uh, um, in England. I think it was a Norwegian king who went over to England to fight to try to get the the, the throne of England. Harold uh, Hardrada. I think is his name. I think it was from Norway. Harald Harald. Something, maybe, I don't know. It, it means uh, Harald, which is named basically like Håkon. Mm-hmm. Um, hard counsel, you know. <laughs> not, not counsel, but um, he rules hard. You yeah, know, he's a he's hard, a tough he's a motherfucker. Tough, yeah. <laughs> Harold the tough motherfucker. Yeah, basically. <laughs> but yeah, he went over there and he didn't make it. Yeah. But imagine if Norway took over England instead of the Normans, <laughs> also Vikings. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Though, but uh, the Vikings got around. They had uh, they had the best ships of their time. Yeah, they got over to the Ukraine as well. Yeah, yeah. They wherever there was a river, they got. Yeah, even yeah. if they didn't need a, they didn't have a river, they just, they could just they could just roll. The, roll no, but the boats were so awesomely constructed. Yeah. They could. The shallowest river could carry ships way up, so they got far, far into Russia, way down south in Europe, and they were the first to discover America. Yeah, yeah. Leif Erikson. Yes. How do you say that? Leif Erikson. It's Leif is a ni- name, and Erik's son. So it's the son of Erik yeah. Leif. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was the first. Travel from Norway to Iceland, from Iceland to Greenland, and named Greenland Greenland, so that hey, people, this is a green place. You should come here. This is okay, awesome. Yeah. And then went to uh, Newfoundland, yeah. established a colony there, and died, perished probably by disease or something. And um, well, that was the glorious end. <laughs> should celebrate him and not fucking Columbus. Ah, uh, yeah. Christopher Columbus, Italian dude, gets some money from Spain to go enslave the people of America, which he didn't know existed at the time. No. I don't think he even knew it was America. No, he he thought it was India, didn't he? Forever until he died, I think. He never knew. Just missed the whole continent of Africa and everything. Well, they thought the earth was flat. Some opposed it, but, you know, in general... Yeah, times have been harder. <laughs> yeah, and I think people, people, especially here in America, like to complain about some things, but things have certainly been harder. Not even that far back. You go back. No, yeah. your, yours is a pretty young country. Yeah. Comparing to, you know, various European standards. and Yeah, imagine just for... Generations, 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 centuries just being paranoid that someone's going to come over that hill and with a bigger army than you. That's uh, that's the reality. Yeah. If they cross the fjord, you're <laughs> fucked. <laughs> or if they cross the ocean, you're fucked. Yeah, but your, your people were the ones who, who were, people were afraid of back in the day. <laughs> yeah, but we were, like, <clears throat> to go in Viking, like... It's pronounced. It's uh, it's it meant to. It was a sort of rite of passage. The, the, it wasn't the only thing they did. They they were obviously great craftsmen. You know, like the 
Norwegian and the Vikings deal was so good at the time that it was that it's been found um, copies of original steel like they would have their own brand on the steel and it would be made in such and such a way that so that you know it's from yeah. these guys original stuff. yeah and then there have been found uh, imitations of those kind of swords so so we know what was people knew that this was high quality stuff and this was worth going the extra mile and copying um mm-hmm. Copying other artsmen's and traders, of course. There was a lot of trade. And fur was a big candidate. Traded it for metals and jewelry from south of Europe. You know, from Romans, you know. Where they had the, the opulence down there. Yeah, and then the Vikings went down south and encountered the... Uh, White Christ, as he was known back in the day. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so was that, Christ. Was that ab- adopted? Yeah, and, and that was how Norway was unified by a king who had been out in Viking, traveling and seeing the world. And that was a that was like a, a verb to to Viking. Yeah, basically. go in Viking. And just, okay, let's let's go write a passage. Yeah. And let's do some Viking. No, but he he uh, became Christian on his travels, came back, and uh, everybody who didn't want to become Christian got boiling lead poured down their throat, and <laughs> their heads cut off, and uh, their holy houses burned, and spears and arrows to their neck and knees. How is that any different from Game of Thrones? <laughs> Where do you think he got it from? It's all the same. <laughs> Where do you think he got like it from? Real, real life. Yes. Real, real life is just as intense as Game of Thrones. We don't need fucking dragons out here. We have people pouring lead down people's throats in real life. Yeah, no, so, so, so the, the, the old uh, religions got kind of quickly buried but never truly died. We have this uh, uh, idea of a, a Santa in Norway, which is a Santa. Like, he was uh, almost like a force of nature, like a spiritual creature that lived on every farm. So every farm would have their own Santa, and he would be the judge of the animals, of you, of uh, how you were managing the farm, if you did a poor job. He could spill the milk, he could poison the animals, he could... It was his farm. And you just sort of lived on his land by his graces. And, um... It's a huge contrast to the cherry old Coca-Cola... Coca <laughs> guy, you know? It's <laughs> chilling with with, uh, with polar bears. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which you shouldn't do. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't do that. No, so, so this is just a way of the the old uh, superstition survived within the myths, and there are lots lots of creatures way into the nineteenth century. That uh, is that. Have you? What's that movie called? I think it's Norwegian. It's a the Troll uh, Hunter. Yeah, it's a great movie. It's, it's a great awesome movie. It's Norwegian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's one of our more famous comedian guys that plays the main character. 
I need to rewatch that movie. It was a great one. Yeah. And also, is Dead Snow also Norwegian? Dead Snow is also Norwegian. I'm just like suddenly knowing, no, like, not an expert, just knowing all these <laughs> Norwegian movies that I've seen in the past. No, but, yeah, Dead Snow is now. Uh, snow. Du instead uh-huh. snow. Okay, snow. okay, that's how it's said. Yeah. Du snow. And I think the third one just came out. I only knew that there was a second one, but I haven't seen it. But the third one, I think the I saw a trailer for one of the recent ones, and it's uh, it's more, it's very much more comedic. Probably. But yeah, maybe you should watch it. But Troll Hunter. I, I remember freshman year of college just showing everybody, like, have you seen this movie? This is fucking great. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, it was is a great part, Is that part of the sort of mythologies, the gi- gigantic trolls? Like yes, that? yes, that is uh, that, that is a pre- quite good uh, um, expression of... Uh, what do you call it? Uh, like, oh, superstitious... Uh, it's kind of like an old-style urban legend. Yeah, it's, it's the original urban legend. You know, yeah. there was people lived down these valleys, and it was a small place. It was far to the other side, and dangerous, and very isolated places. But these myths were alive all over. And there are several different kinds of, you know, I guess you could call them trolls. <clears throat> They're all remnants of... Um, of the Orson Norse mythology, um, everything that sort of lived in the woods, in the forest, underground, in the hills, in the water, these, you know, elements that used to be like big gods one day, they had the just all of that superstition compressed into the scary dark woods at night, owls flying and stuff, so we have another type troll that lives in lakes, and, uh, I think they had one in Metalocalypse, if you ever watched that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> it was a great episode. Yeah. <laughs> Nöcken, it's a kind of swamp beast mm-hmm. creature. Uh, and it, it's just the starting point of whole new mythical approaches. Because the, the Nöcken is a, a troll in the lake, uh, or, in, or in the water. Uh, but he could also... And maybe it's Dinaken could, or one of them could uh, change into, for instance, uh, a beautiful woman, a horse, or other things, and they would lure people back with them and drown them in the lakes. Well, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so if you go into the woods and you meet a beautiful woman or something, Be careful. you can get fucked. <laughs> Not in the good way. Not in the good way. <laughs> and it's also tantalizing. They're always so pure virgins. And uh, Huldra, uh, which was uh, another movie that was made kind of in the same genre as The Troll Hunter. And it plays a lot on, on this character myth. And it's um, a woman with a cow tail. And um, it's either that version or the half that you don't see is the inside of a hollowed out tree. Like it's her skin is the bark, the bark okay. of the skin, and her backside is just the backside of the bark. So 
she would look like a beautiful woman. Like maybe standing against a tree or something. Yeah, yeah, maybe. And then you go up and it's, uh, fuck, it's a tree. And, and then, so then suddenly you're... It's a troll. Yeah, <laughs> eaten, <laughs> drowned, whatever. God. Well, that must have been exciting to be back in the day when they believed mm. in trolls. And it's like, what the fuck's going to happen when I go on this journey? No, yeah, and, and this, this is when Christianity had been introduced to Norway. Like, so it started with the Vikings and Christianity sort of became the new thing. And all these myths just took shelter in the woods. And it's a, it's a very interesting because the wood, being out in the woods, in the wilds, alone, in the dark, is a quite strong experience. I don't know if you've ever done it. In the woods, in the dark? Alone, no. far from anywhere. It's it's uh, sleeping in a tent, listening to the fire crackle, just suddenly become aware of your surroundings in a completely different way than you're used to. Also aware of vulnerability. I can only imagine. As, as humans being, we have terrible eyesight. Incredibly bad hearing. <laughs> Our smell isn't worth shit. Yeah. We can't. We don't have claws. We don't have We're fur. We're pretty pathetic. Yeah, there's, there's, we just don't have that much things going for us, you know? Yeah. We can make tools. Well, some can. Most of us can't, but, you know... We have. Well, we, we, we did it in the past. Our ancestors <laughs> managed, so we're okay. Yeah, they figured it out for us. Yeah. You, yeah. I think if, if dogs all figured out that how weak we were, we'd be fucked, because all the dogs are just tear us apart like, at least big dogs and you can't have a pug doing that but but who knows I what if a, a pug of, is really really determined I see a lot of people just not handling their dogs well and especially the small ones because if it's barking and if it's aggressive and if it's a piece of shit you don't need to do anything about it you mm-hmm. just block it in the corner and it can't do anything but you would never be able to handle that same kind of aggression in a big dog yeah it's just, people just have no clue of what they're doing yeah. animals aren't they're not a joke they're, they're, a, they, they're alive and even a small dog can be harmful like we're, we're not we're not shit we don't have anything to protect us we just have this skin soft skin stuff no <laughs> so <laughs> penetrable do so you think this like past in Norway of sort of Understanding wildlife more. Did they have? Would you say that Norway and Sweden have a more connection with the wildlife? Every country has its parts, you know, where some people are different than the people up north, or the people there, or the people here, and and most of us are just normal contemporary citizens, you know. With a phone, with a car, with a house, with a family, with a loan, work, job, money. We, we all live in the same bubble, more or less. But some people are more interested in music, art, history, tradition. And uh, I don't think that that is any different around the world. I think... Uh, Obviously, there are big differences in how developed a country is and what sort of freedoms you're allowed to, or opportunities, I should say, rather, you're allowed to follow or find or 
have your eyes open to. And I think that's pretty universal human thing, not a national thing. I mean... But there's really something, like you said, about this idea that in Norway there's more, more nature. If you're going to go to Europe, Norway there's a little more nature-oriented instead, as opposed to going to the cities. Yeah. A lot of that has to do with two-thirds of our population got wiped out by the Black Plague back in 1349. And then later, half the population left to the States and Canada and other places. And then whatever was left, been left two, two times. So, I don't know. Yes, there is a lot of history, but uh, there is a lot of history in a lot of European countries. I know it's, Germany has a lot of... Uh, used to be, you know, more or less barbaric tribes living around. And then the Romans came and invaded them. And uh, they never got up to us, though. Too, too far, man. Yeah, <laughs> I, th I think the Romans... The people out. from Rome trying to get up in the cold. Yeah, it, I was in... I spent, I spent a summer in Finland. Uh, not this summer, but the previous summer. Um just sleeping at a friend's farm in a hammock. It was amazing. Anyways, and the joke kind of became that Finland just appeared in the post-moderate uh, society. Just, ta-da, Finland, we're here. <laughs> just came out of nothing. It's and the language is different. Their, their language is more related to Hungarian. Eastern European and Hungarian. Yeah, Hungarian is it? Yeah. Than any of the other Scandinavian languages. And it's kinda like thrown in there with the uh, the northern countries. But it's not so similar. It's similar I guess perhaps culturally. But there are even. some, you know, Solnas is a big thing in in Finland. It's not a big not as big thing in Either uh, Sweden, Denmark, Norway, or Iceland. It's we we have them, but it's usually out on cabins. Thing. Yeah, it's it's a Finnish thing. Back in the days when they built their homes, they would start building their sauna and just because uh, you could clean, wash, cook, be warm, sleep, and live there. Start with that, then build your main house with the sleep, with the bedrooms and the kitchen and the living room and everything else, and then go on to like other projects like the farms and stuff. But it was nothing there, you know. There were explorers there, and they said, "Fuck this! It's a swamp. It's... <laughs> Who wants to live here? Let's let's go back." <laughs> well, maybe they. Maybe they did the more intelligent thing. Who knows? Uh, so what was it that made you want to do the homesteading thing? Going all the way back to the beginning. <laughs> I used to study art. Uh -huh. I had done that for three years, and then I suddenly just... I can't fucking take this life anymore. I just hated my life, and it was shit. You're... you're... Uh, making the art, or studying? yeah, no, n or studying. life, life in general. I was studying art. Like what? What aspect 
of art. Yeah. Um, I went to do, after high school, where I did something translated, which is called uh, Drawing, Shape, and Color. It was the name of the course I took. And then I went on to uh, the army, and or maybe that was later. I think that was before. Yeah, the army, and then I went to these, the first art school, which was kind of free-spirited art school where you get to explore a lot of subjects in depth. Which, okay, now we're going to take this subject and do a month of nothing but this. And uh, it was very influential. It was, that's when I changed my name and started to... Who am I and what the hell is that? And I feel that it started the whole... What later led me to do the homesteading thing in a way because... I don't know. I don't quite know what to say about it, to be honest. It's it just happened out of your life experience. Yes, life happens, you know? It just one day... Things are different. Change directions. Yeah, it's one day. That one Wednesday in the week that you can't plan for and can't foresee and that day happens. And Okay, so this is life now. But I think that requires a certain amount of determination or intellect that a lot of people don't follow. Some people, especially, as you said, in the society, people say they would think that and they would say, oh, that would be nice. I'm going to go back to my work. Click, 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 click. <laughs> yeah. Well, in some ways, I, I would consider that to be lucky. You know, that... To go back to normalcy. Yeah. yeah <laughs> if you have that option of living a happy life, not doing too much, just being... Do you, do you envy those people? No. But uh, I feel that they should be more grateful for it, you know? Uh, I see. Uh, I don't... Grateful that they can feel this uh, peace with what that is. Yes, that they can make their peace with uh, something that to me would be impossible to make peace with. And... uh, I've had a lot of different jobs and stuff, and just, it hasn't worked out, you know, some people are artists, some people are accountants, some people are teachers, some people are athletes, some people are, you know, warriors, people go to the army and enjoy it, that fulfills them in a meaningful way to them, then then that's what they should do. If if teaching is what tickles you just right, you know, (laughs) do it. I mean, find out who and what you are and embrace it. Well, we've come up on our time. That was a great way to end it. 
find out what tickles you in the right way. <laughs> and that's what life is. Oh, I want to thank you for being on Fun Book Diplomacy. It's fun. Thank you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.